Hello everyone and welcome to Synesthesia, a podcast about the creatives who shape the aesthetics of music. We chat to the artists behind the record sleeves, videos, photo shoots and stylings of the freshest new sounds, exploring how contemporary culture, fashion, illustration and design reflect and enhance the musical experience. Music has always been our passion and remains an integral part of our lives. That's why we decided to put together this podcast, which we called Synesthesia, because we perceive music not only with our ears, but also with our eyes. Synesthesia, the artist behind the artist. Hi everyone, and welcome to the geekiest Synesthesia episode ever, episode number 20. Wow, it's been a long way since October 2020, and by now you should know that Synesthesia is a show for people who stand music and design. In this regard, today's guest commitment to this universe where visuals and sounds meet is beyond doubt. I am excited to introduce Jacob Adam Alvarez, the artist behind the Marquis Murders Club, and Angelino, who's gained reputation among music music lovers and musicians for two things, his obsession with gigs and marquees, and his music-related bootleg action figures, featuring some of the biggest acts of our times, and some old-school ones too. Jacob is going to take us through his creative process, influences, and other anecdotes that will help us grasp his philosophy of work at a deeper level. Hey Jacob, welcome to Synesthesia. How are you doing? Hey, I'm great. Uh, thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate it. You know? Well, I love your action figures so i had to invite you <laughs> yeah i appreciate it so much like i love doing uh interviews and stuff like myself like me conducting them so it's always cool to be like on the opposite end of one let's get to know more about you what do you do in life besides going to gigs well at least uh, before the pandemic taking wonderful pictures of marquis and creating the coolest music related bootleg action figures well before like uh before any of this started I was, you know, just another kid in college. I kind of went to three different colleges, was transferring around a lot, trying to find like what I wanted to do. And, and I went to college and got my degree uh, in a film and television. And I just wanted to like write because I just love writing. So I was hoping to get maybe like a job, you know, in the industry, like, you know, writing scripts or screenwriting or something like that. And I still kind of want to do that now, but that was like the plan from there. And I was also working as a, like a manager at an Amazon facility, but I always had like this art side where I was like constantly going to concerts just as a fan you know and wanting to see and like spending like for like thousands of dollars on, on shows when did your obsession with the shows begin i would have to say i guess my first concert it was 2012 i think yeah and like my dad had kind of like said hey do you want to go to this concert and i said okay like yeah like you know it's gonna be my first one and it was this band called james when i got there like i didn't really know what i was in for and just that like the performance just blew me away being like it was at the el rey so it's like a really small venue here so performance blew me away and i was just like ever since then just obsessed i remember like the following weeks i was just kind of looking up all these venues just saying oh i recognize this band oh i like their songs like like i need to go to another one almost you know <laughs> and what kind of stuff were you listening at the time so you were 12 a teenager you know just all kinds of stuff like my parents really raised me right like on just a bunch of cool stuff you know like everything from like red hot chili peppers to like the cranberries to the smiths and the cure and you got all those and then you know with my mom i listened 
more to like radio stuff and then with my dad it was more kind of like deep diving into like you know albums and like U2 and things like that that you wouldn't necessarily like like not a lot of like you know I guess like kids in like middle school and stuff are listening to like U2 and all that yeah and then like rap and stuff just whatever I kind of like found or my friends like found like and showed me you know Tyler Creator and things like that can you recall uh, the first album you listened to and thought wow this is gonna change my life it's between two albums one of them was my favorite album of all time and my favorite band of all time is Interpol they had the, their debut album Turn on the Bright Lights that's just like the shit to me so you know when when I first heard that like in full I just kept it on repeat all the time and I was just like wow like even though other bands existed I didn't really know like them quite well so like when this like darker sound was coming out it was like a little edgy but post-punk and the lyrics were just insane like I was just like wow like it just like changed me where it's like I want to find more music like this and then another album that came out like found out about like around the same time was uh I read out Chili Peppers uh, Stadium Arcadium yeah that's just a beautiful album and it's it, like its own right and so many songs and you just go from like you know a lot of like Red Hot Chili Peppers they just get a bad rep people get annoyed of them and stuff but like there's more to them than like if you were to like look into the music obviously at that time like in my life I was kind of you know depressed a little bit and didn't really know what I wanted to do I didn't really have like many goals and stuff and then I believe like when I was going into high school like I had more free time I guess so like those kind of albums like helped me a lot so you were roughly 16 and 17 then yeah yeah how old are you I'm, I'm 23 right now oh wow still so young how has yeah. your taste in music changed in the past five or six years and uh, how would you define it I think it's kind of changed where I think it's maybe gotten more diverse where like when I was you know, on the younger side, it was more just like, oh, listen to this, listen to this, you know, and people were kind of just feeding me that. But at this point, I'll go and like do my own research and look into something. And if I like like the first couple songs, then I'll probably like dive deeper into it. And like, I think you can kind of see it in my work, just like all these different artists that I'm listening to and stuff like it'll really depend. But I think I'd say just now I'm just more open to hearing more things and uh, more acts, no matter really like what the skepticism is behind it so we talked about your taste in music and we'll go back to music later on during the interview now i would love to know about your um, passion for visual stuff so the kind of uh, comics movies video games you were into as a teenager and that have shaped your current taste yeah so i guess like when i was younger and stuff i grew up on like like the marvel stuff the comic books and everything like that like i still have like a, a pretty uh, big box of comics but um i'm actually like a really big fan like my favorite tv show probably is like the office the u.s version just because you know i've watched it so many times and i think yeah like that has influenced me a lot i think in like a good way where it's just you know the, the comedy and the humor behind it as long as it has like some sort of depth you know would you describe yourself as a geek when you were a teenager of course i want to talk about action figures were you already a collector yeah i guess like you like, like some people would probably label me as a geek maybe but um you You know, I don't see it as like a bad thing or anything like that. Well, it's yeah, the opposite. <laughs> I guess like you could because yeah, like I would collect stuff even now with like especially music related projects. It's just I, I have posters and I have like books and records, obviously, and just different things that I like to collect still. So 
I think, yeah, that point of collecting probably started as a kid with like action figures and then it kind of matured into like now like music influence stuff. Is there a music poster or a music book you just mentioned that these two things that you are particularly attached to? I actually have like a record and then I have a poster. So the poster is, um, I think like maybe 2017, Interpol, they played that album Turn on the Bright Lights in full for like the first time in a while, or I think ever. They were playing two shows in LA, one small show kind of just to warm up. And then they were playing a way bigger show at this like park, LA Historic Park um, in downtown. And I was going to both of them. And like that first show, like the warm up one, like was just so amazing. And it was way more intimate, obviously. And that was where I saw my first concert. So it was kind of special. And uh, they were selling these posters, which just had like the album artwork on it. And it has like the date uh, of the show and stuff like that. So like, that's one that I think is super cool just to have it. And it just looks really like awesome on the wall. And then uh, like another piece would be like this vinyl from um, the singer Karen O from Yeah Yeah Yeah's, like her, her side project that she did, I think maybe two years ago. Yes, I know you are a big fan of Yeah Yeah Yeah's because I saw your uh, feature on your blog and you're wearing a Yeah Yeah Yeah's t-shirt, so... Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, like, a big fan of hers and, like, the band and stuff, and I've seen them a couple times now. She had this other side project called Lux Prima with uh, Danger Mouse, a producer, and um, I got to see them play, like, the Ace Hotel here in Los Angeles. Yeah, like, I had made something, like, I had made figures, I think, you know, and I just kind of posted, like, hoping that they would see just because, like, mm -hmm. I was really excited to see them the following day. And Karen O ended up seeing it and she like reposted it herself. And then the day of the show, I got like a hand signed vinyl from Karen O and Danger Mouse, like saying like it was dedicated to me, thanking me for like the toys and stuff. So that's like a, a big piece that I kind of like hold dear to me. So the toys, can you recall the first action figure you bought? Ever since I was a kid, if I was like, if I didn't have specific things that I wanted, I would kind of make them out of the things that I already had. I was playing like with G.I. Joe's or something like that you know because my dad was like also a big collector of things so sometimes he would pass down like his old gi joes from like the 70s and things like that so like we were always like play with whatever we had you know sometimes i would like if i was like particularly into batman or something like um i would paint like oh i'm gonna make this gi joe look like the joker or something you know like now i have a joker toy or something like that you've been skilled since a very young age i don't know about skilled but i, I have been dabbling in the whole concept of it i just like you know like obviously if we look back at that figure wouldn't be the nicest or prettiest one but I've been doing it like since I was a kid I've just you know now it's like since I'm older and I have like obviously know how to like edit and uh, do graphic design and stuff like that like there's more components that come into play that are also like uh, creative you know we will talk about those uh, components. Uh, first, uh, tell me when you actually founded uh, the Marquee Murders Club. I found it in 2018, I believe, summer of 2018. Like, I've had a lot of ideas whether to, like, oh, I want to start a clothing line or something. Because, like, a lot of people in LA, like, you know, want to do a lot of creative things. So you're trying to figure out how to, like, stand out from the crowd. I started it just because I was going to so many concerts. At this point, I was going to maybe, like, ever since 2012, I was probably averaging maybe, like, 30 to 40 concerts. A, a year I had the idea of like okay like let me make a like a little website blog thing you know like I'm just gonna post like about concerts and stuff like if I'm listening to all these albums like might as well give my thoughts on them and maybe someone will read it but for the most part it was just to kind of like put my I was reviewing the live shows that I was attending. I think the first one was like the Radiohead show that I saw and I went to New York to see them at Madison Square Garden. And, and you, you know, were taking uh, pictures of Marquise as well at that time. Yeah, like I was always just taking pictures of Marquise just because I thought that like, yeah, to have them all in one place or even make like a graphic that had all of this like concerts I've ever been to like 
would just be such a cool thing to see. Do you have a marquee at home? Uh, I don't actually, but that would be really cool. I'm hoping, you know, like one day I get to throw my own shows and yeah, like have like a little venue of my own or something, or at least rent one out where I can you know, take over the marquee. When you say throwing your own shows, uh, do you mean that you play in a band or shows like exhibitions of your action figures? I want them to be a little bit of everything. I'm not a musician myself, but I do have like a lot of friends that are in bands and stuff, but I've always wanted to be, like I've, I've been inspired just because in LA, you have a lot of independent promoters and stuff that throw random concerts and house shows and things like that yeah like eventually once like if i get the chance to you know become a little bit bigger and have a little bit more uh money to spend i would want to like oh i like this band i'm gonna hire them to play a marauders show or something like that and like inside that show we will have limited edition like merch to buy and then it would also be like an exhibition where like maybe like yeah some of the figures inspired by that band or whatever like can be hanging on the walls at the same time you know I want to take part in this event, so please send me an invitation. I will fly to LA and come a hundred percent. Yes, for sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping to get this off the um, ground at some point. I'm, you know, I'm still growing right now, but I'm hoping, yeah, like at least once this pandemic is over and stuff, I can actually like start the conversation and get the ball rolling. One more <laughs> question about the marquees. Is there a theater's marquee you're particularly fond of in LA? I like the Fonda Theater just because their marquee, like it has like a couple lights around it. It's like simple, but iconic, you know? It's like, it really grabs your attention right there. Plus it's like a smaller venue, but there are like a lot of them. Like the, the Ace Hotel, it looks really nice, but you have to kind of, you know, walk into the middle of the street to get a good picture of it. Can you remind me the name of the Ace Hotel here? Um, yeah, it's the United Artist, yeah. I am a big fan myself of uh, neon lights, uh, marquees. I remember every time I visited ballet, I would walk on um, Broadway. It's Broadway, isn't it? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, and take pictures of uh, the Palace Theater, the Los Angeles Theater, the United Artists one. Oh my God, I loved it so much. So that was about the marquees. Nice time to go back to the toys, the action figures, because that's possibly the main part of your work. So what was the first one you worked on? Yeah, so the first one that I worked on under the, the Marauder's name would be, uh, like, you know, it's no shocker now, but an Interpol figure. It was Fortran on the Bright Lights, and I just kind of like, I had some stuff lying around and I was like, hey, you know what? Like, let me take a shot at this, you know? And I, I, I saw, I've seen other people because obviously I'm not the only one that's doing this kind of thing. You know, I just saw that other people were taking, you know, people and art and like, you know, just random movie characters, like, like background characters and things like that, that wouldn't necessarily get an action figure. So I was like, okay, well, I'm really like inspired by music and stuff. So yeah, these people probably won't get action figures either. So like, let me take a crack at it and yeah, the first one I made was the singer of uh, Interpol, Paul Banks. Um, it wasn't great, but like for a first try, I think it came out pretty well. In the universe of music merch, there was definitely room for action figures. In fact, after the first one, you kept working on them. What was the action figure you created and that really boosted your um, profile and your blog? I, it would probably have to be a Brockhampton one. Yeah, I was like trying to like make things that I was just into at the time. And at that point they had like, I think maybe this, the first two saturations out. And I had seen them, uh, I think maybe a couple times and they would wear like these orange jumpsuits that were really like cool and they would paint their faces blue and stuff like that. So I said like, this would be something that I think would stand out as an action figure and would look really cool. So 
I did. I ended up doing a Joba from Brockhampton first in that same attire. I had posted it and I posted it like on Reddit and everything. And for like a couple, maybe like a week or two, it was just getting like the typical amount of likes and stuff. But after like a couple of weeks, apparently it got to Joba somehow. And um, he ended up like reposting it and saying it's so cool. And um, he ended up buying it from me. So I, like he owns it now, but that's kind of what put me on the map. And from like that point on, like, I've just been, you know, growing ever since, like slowly. <laughs> it's interesting that he bought it. I thought you would have given to him as a present. Yeah, exactly. So like when he like came out, like he was DMing me and stuff and messaging me on Instagram. And I was like, oh, like, thank you for like showing support for it. Like, yeah, I would be happy to send it to you. And he was like, no, like he insisted that he would buy it because he wanted to like support what I was doing. So I thought that that was really cool. Not a lot of artists will do that. They'll just, you know, oh, like, let me take it and that's it, you know. And shout out to Joba. Yeah, shout out to Joba. Amazing. What's the process in making these uh, toys? What materials do you use? How do you pick the outfits? Do you choose them from specific pictures or gigs? Yeah, like the materials, it ranges from just random things. Just like any other person that does this, I think kind of agrees, like, oh, we'll agree. There is something called kit bashing, which is like a weird word, but that's like when you take already existing action figures and you kind of just take pieces from each one and kind of Frankenstein them into your own type of thing. That's like part of it, but there's also 3D printing that's part of it and like clay materials that's part of it. And then like the whole graphic design for just the packaging, like, you know, that's just its own little element. Yeah, if I want to make something in particular, like if there's something that, if there's something so iconic attached to an artist, then it doesn't really matter like the attire that they're wearing or anything like that. But if I'm gonna make like a lot of people, like you kind of have to put a picture, like a side-by-side -side comparison. Like, so when you have like an image of like Joba in the orange jumpsuit, and then you have the figure of him in the orange jumpsuit, then it kind of makes the people go like, wow, like spot on, you know? But, um, so I try to do that sometimes, like as like, I'm, I, I usually use a picture for reference, but if it's someone like a MF Doom or something where just the mask you'll recognize instantly, it doesn't really matter what he's wearing. Like then, yeah, like I'll just kind of like put my own like creative like idea into that. It's just me and like, uh, you know, painting and doing everything. And like, that's why it kind of just takes so long to like see the new thing or something like that. And how long does it take? How many hours do you spend on average on an action figure? It really depends on how intricate the thing is, of course. Yeah. So uh, there's always ways to make things better. So I try to like do that from the get go. If I'm really into it, where I just like, okay, I have everything in front of me that I want, like that I need to make this thing. It could take me anywhere from like a couple hours to maybe like a day or two. But if it's something where, oh, someone's reaching out and wants me to make something specific for them, then it's going to take a little longer. And what's the best part about this job? What's the thing you enjoy the most in the process as a creative? For me, like, yeah, I, I actually been thinking about this a lot. Like, it's really satisfying to uh, say, hey, here's an idea from just like an image or something of someone and then just putting all your effort into it where like, okay, I'm gonna paint it this color and add this and whatever. And it ends up looking exactly or, or as close to it can of like that, that uh, reference image and then just putting it all together and just, yeah, like just having that packaging that stands out and having the action figure just like sitting there, like it just looks really cool. And like, that's just like the most satisfying part to me because obviously when you're doing it yourself, you know, I do get anxious sometimes like with the little details, making sure like the little irises on the figures like come out and they're not like going cross-eyed or anything like that, you know? So it's like, it gets pretty like hectic sometimes. So it takes a lot of patience, but 
I think that would be my favorite part. How many copies of each action figure do you create? For instance, I saw that for the Arlo Parks release, the new album, you collaborated with her and created five of those toys. Yeah, so like if it's just what I'm making, it just like any other day, it just is something that I want to make, it's usually just one piece. So like people, they look at the prices and they think it's outrageous, but it's like, this is pretty much the only one that exists right now. So I think that's pretty special to have. Yeah, like if there's gonna be someone that wants to collab or something like that, like the Arlo Parks, like, you know, it was just, you know, kind of talking and just seeing how many we could do in a certain amount of time and stuff. And I also had other projects on the back burner as well. So I just kind of had to work with them to coincide with uh, Arlo Parks album release. So. We got up to five for just like a like a special contest for her album and stuff for Rough Trade. And then also her management team requested five more just to kind of like have for themselves as a little like token. Artists love your work. How do you liaise with them? Yeah, like I'm, I'm just always grateful that like someone will see it, you know, and like maybe like someone that knows someone knows this person. So like just having that kind of open there is really cool. When you see Slow Tie dropping a comment on your feed saying, please send me this, <laughs> already uh, something to be really proud of, isn't it? Yeah, like I'm always like, I just get super ecstatic when, when that kind of stuff happens. And um, it just makes me like feel, you know, like, wow, like I'm just making some fan art pretty much, like some kind of intricate fan art and for someone to kind of validate it and just say, wow, like, this is so cool, send it to me. Like it just, yeah, it just makes me feel like that much more better about it, which is like really cool, I think, just cause, you know, I'm usually doing this for myself just cause I want to see it come to life. And for someone that's making the actual music that inspired the piece, like for them to want to own it, just kind of like solidifies the fact for me that, hey, like there are people that want these things, you know, like there's a market for it. And there's also just people that will appreciate it. What's your favorite uh, action figure among all the ones that you created with the Marquee Murders Club? That's a pretty tough one. Um, I think that like when I made like a King Cruel, like the first time, like I was just like, okay, like here's a reference picture. I want to execute it. And it just came out looking so well. So I was really proud of it. Then for, you know, Archie Marshall to come out and kind of validated and stuff was just like okay like yeah this is like a big memory for me and also like the the cure one the robert smith like was a really fun one to like try and make and i think it came out really well an uncut gems one would be like one of my favorites just because i did it kind of i think like as soon as like the the movie like released a few images and there was no trailer out or anything yet I mean, like jacob that movie is a cult yeah exactly like that movie was just like yeah like as soon as like i was just so excited for it to come out already so when they released just a few stills of the film like nothing yet other than that, it was just like, okay, I need to make an action figure of this. And it came out looking pretty well. And I think they have it in their um, their Ilara pictures, like their offices, because I've had a couple of people that have been through there and they've said that, hey, I think I saw it like hanging on the wall or something. So I think that's really cool. Did you send it to the directors or to Adam Sandler himself? Uh, the, the directors, they like ended up seeing it and they kind of posted it everywhere. And then they requested like for me to make them a couple. So I did. And I think they have it. Yeah, they, they have it in their offices. I, I believe. Are all your action figures sold out at the moment? No, I'm working on a couple projects for like specific people. So there's that like commission wise. Right now I have a couple on online. Um, and also you created one action figure for the big reopening of Amoeba in its new Hollywood location. Yeah, that's probably another one of my favorites, actually. I love it because the idea in itself is great. You created one for the average Amoeba employee. Yeah, I, I've been shopping at Amoeba like for like a long time, ever since like I 
discover what it was. And uh, when this reopening was happening, like I didn't know if I was going to get in because it was such a long line. But I kind of just, you know, did like, what would a generic employee kind of look like, you know, and like just kind of like a meme almost of it where there's this person that, you know, wants to like say, oh, you should listen to this music and this, like whatever. So, and I kind of put a couple albums that I am really fond of in there. And yeah, it was really cool just for them to accept it actually. And just for them to post and everything. Like, I didn't know that was going to happen, but yeah, they said it's like either hanging in the store somewhere or it's in their offices too. So I think that's pretty cool. That shop is such an institution. Most definitely. Yeah. The new store is really cool too. Like I didn't have enough time to explore it just because there were so many people and just like, to get in line was like five to six hours of a wait and then to even like once you had your records and you wanted to like just uh pay the register and stuff like that was like an hour in itself too so it was just such a long time since we're talking about a music business a record store let's talk about business ourselves jacob would you like this uh side project or project that you have with the Marquis Murders Club to become a full-time job for you to make a living and maybe create a thousand, ten thousand copies of each action figure. Yeah, like I'm really ambitious and I want to like for everything to take off just when the timing is right. I don't want to like get in uh, like too ahead of myself or anything like that. But um, yeah, like right now it's actually is like my full-time job. You know, when I was doing Amazon and this stuff on the side, I was kind of noticing, hey, like if I actually put all this effort into it, like people are noticing, people are liking it, people are paying too. So like, I think if I really put more effort and time into it that it could take off to where I'm making a similar amount that I would be making at Amazon. You want to scale the business, but without selling out. You want to keep it independent. Uh... Yeah, exactly. Like, I think it would, like, I'm all for, you know, trying to, like, you know, mass produce, like, on a smaller scale. Like, I don't know if, like, 100,000 figures would be something that I would be interested in because I think it just kind of takes away from, like, the, the whole collector side of it. But maybe, like, I want to do a, a hundred or 200 at some point where it's, like, a hundred people in the entire world are only going to have these things like that's still really limited and special you know I've, I've already had a couple talks with certain like artists and stuff that are interested in doing that it's just more about like i kind of want to clear my schedule for everything that i have right now and then once i have more free time to work on just ideas and start brainstorming then i kind of want to dive deeper into that our conversation is steering towards your future because we talked about your past your background at the beginning of the episode then we discussed your present now we were talking about your future plans and i think it's time to introduce our first column word on the street i would like you to tell us if there is an artist you would love to collaborate with i would love to collaborate with interpol just because i think that like you know like they do have merch and stuff but it's usually kind of like like very limited and you know i think something like this would be just super cool for the band to have plus they're working on a new album now i just started so i'm hoping to maybe get their attention or something like that i'm not trying to be like a, like a one trick pony type of thing where it's just all about figures you know like once concerts and like uh, live shows come back i do want to do more concert photography and also do interviews and um i've done a couple interviews i've been lucky to uh, get more opportunities with more bands just because of i think i'm getting slowly little by little more credibility as like a publication too where eventually i want to like yeah get more uh interviews and stuff like that and just be like where the whole website is just kind of like a one-stop place for any music or movie fan for our listeners we will share jacob's work on our instagram page synesthesia underscore podcast go check it out jacob we have the last two minutes of this episode and it's time to 
to introduce uh, another column. Flavors. You recommend us an Instagram page and a local uh, spot in Los Angeles that you love. Oof. I guess like for the Instagram page, you know, I'm just into a lot, a lot of random stuff, but just because of like, we're talking about the whole uh, like rise of what I've been doing and stuff. I think the person like that's, you know, like when I was starting out, he kind of helped me a lot, just, you know, better techniques and little, you know, tips and tricks like on how to do dip, uh, things better. And that was, uh, his name is Retro Gimmick on Instagram. Um, he also does like the same thing, but he just chooses like, you know, different characters and stuff like that. But yeah, he's really talented and he kind of, you know, helped me out a lot. So I would say to go check out his work. And I guess for LA spots and stuff, I mean, like once concerts come back, pretty much any LA venue is really special to me. So I would say that. Um, I also love like, uh, just for like nature stuff and things like that. Um, the park where I saw Interpol, um, is LA Historic Park in downtown Los Angeles. And um, it's just like a really nice park. It has this really nice bridge. And um, it's like, you don't really think, you know, it's kind of away from downtown, but you can get like a nice view of it, but it's considered downtown still. So um, yeah, like that's like a pretty special place to me. And I think like if I ever get to the point where I can throw a concert, like that's where it's gonna be. So I would recommend that spot. And how about food? Food wise, huh. there's like this little actual, like this like, it's kind of like a bar it's called the 6740 just like the number like the address pretty much and it's a uh, it's in uh whittier like uptown whittier um i don't know if you visit that place when you're here but it's maybe like 20 minutes 25 minutes away from like uh where i'm at east la so uh yeah it's like a really good spot um really nice people and like that whole uptown whittier area is just you know full of trees and just little mom and pop shops so you know there's like a record store and like a little like clothing store and stuff like that so like i would recommend just going over there and like supporting those businesses well the next time i am in la i'm gonna hit you up and maybe you can take me to this place for a tour around this neighborhood this area yeah for sure i grew up there too a little bit so i i know it pretty well yeah i'd be happy to let's do it uh, i'm looking forward to meeting you in person jacob for sure, yeah, me too. I, I appreciate uh, this whole interview and just, uh, you know, you taking the time to want to, like, you know, find out more about myself. Yes, thanks a lot for taking part in the show, Jacob. Yeah, anytime, anytime, yeah. Always happy to do this. Bye, thank you. You just listened to Synesthesia, the artist behind the artist. Subscribe to our channel and follow us on Instagram at synesthesia underscore podcast.